Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to My Millennial Career. My name's Shelley Johnson. I'm a HR consultant. Hey, Em. Hey, Shell. Emily Bowen here, and I'm all about the world of recruitment. Together with our powers combined, we're going to do our best to answer a bunch of your questions today. We've been collecting them through the My Millennial Money Facebook community. If you're not a part of that group, highly recommend you look it up and join. And hopefully we can bring a little bit of clarity to a few people's careers in the next half an hour. Before we get into it, though, we want to shout out to our show partner, Rarekind. Rarekind are here to raise leaders, to create uncommonly good work experiences, to find the unfindable, to create culture and to celebrate people. But not the ordinary kind, the Rarekind. You can find out more about Rarekind by visiting rarekind.com.au. So Ryan has asked about remuneration and in particular he says often job ads will have something like remuneration negotiable based on skills and experience in inverted commas or maybe they'll give a salary range. What are some tips on how to tackle this when applying for the role? Now um, cheekily Ryan sort of said like I guess I'm guessing opening the interview with salary demands is not the best tactic and look I'd agree but what else can we add there to answer his question Shell? Yeah, negotiating during the interview process is really um, something that people generally have the fear or anxiety around, around the awkwardness of the conversation. And you and I have different perspectives on this. We've often talked about that. I'm all for having the salary conversation. I agree with Ryan not not opening the interview like that. I think once, if it's a couple of rounds of interviews, so if there's multiple rounds, I think once you get to the second round, starting to have that discussion around what does the salary range look like is really important. And bringing in, you'll often get asked in an interview around what are your salary expectations. So having done your research before the interview is really important because obviously you don't just want to get paid equivalent to what you are now. You want to increase your salary. So have a little look, do some research around what salaries are out there and practice your response to that question. So if if the interviewer asks you, hey, can you tell me your salary expectations for this role and you are looking to be paid 90k will say look my expectations for this role are between 90 and 100k how does that fit in with what you're expecting and confidence is key here which might sound simple but if you can deliver your message with a sense of sure humility but also confidence that will demonstrate without you needing to say it that you are well researched and that you do back up what you bring to the table on top of that feel free when you're considering what range you're going to put forward and and how you articulate that to also talk about a couple of other things that are important to you because we're talking about a negotiation and we're also talking about yes pay is important 
but there are other things that an employer can bring to the table that might be important to you. And that might be in regards to the amount of time that you have to work from home versus in the office or study benefits, or uh, it might be even like well-being benefits. We're seeing more and more that organisations are coming to the party in regards to things like the gym and other wellness initiatives. So it's okay to also treat this as a more holistic conversation in those early days where you're navigating the salary conversation through an interview process. The next question is from Samuel. He's an engineering officer with an advanced diploma as the highest qualification for working a utility and he's considering his next step and education opportunities. He can't decide between doing an engineering degree or a business degree because he's interested in people leader roles down the track. What are your thoughts? He's trying to think through long game, so like five years ahead. Yeah, nice. Uh, I feel like we can call him Sam, right? So Sam, I'm looking at this going, you haven't told us what your advanced diploma is in. So let me make the assumption that it's in engineering and that's how you've ended up in an engineering officer role. And then let me make the assumption also that because you're asking a question that's looking five years ahead and you're engaging in, you know, this My Millennial Career community, you're pretty driven and you're probably wanting to actually progress your career. I would say that a business degree and something that expands the breadth of your uh, opportunities from a career progression point of view would be really, really worthwhile looking at if you're interested in a leadership role. If on the other hand, you're more interested in really doubling down on your niche expertise and really becoming a subject matter expert in engineering, then I would suggest that an engineering degree is going to be more useful to you in the next five years. Now, what's really nice about this is you could set a five-year goal based on your answer to the question I just posed back to you. And then you can set a 10-year goal as well. So you might go, I want to double down on that subject matter expertise in engineering in the next five years. And then I'll reconsider how a business degree might fit with my leadership goals in the next 10. And I think that if it was me, I would absolutely specialise in engineering because leadership skills, the business degree doesn't guarantee a leadership role. So if you're wanting to stay in the industry you're in and and go up, we'll specialise, but then later on, there's other learning opportunities you can get to be a leader that aren't, like it's not like, oh, to be a leader, you have to have a, your MBA, you don't. So you don't have to have your MBA or your business degree to lead people. You do need on-the-job learning. You do need to have exposure and experience, but that would be my encouragement to Sam. Love it. So Nathan's up next. Nathan asks, how do you know when a business is taking advantage of you in terms of salary and workload? He is currently working in a job where he feels like his role and responsibilities increase on a weekly basis, but any increase in remuneration is always taboo. Mm. I always find it interesting what is taboo at organisations. I know. Like the idea – I. <laughs> I um, remember in my old HR team that I worked in, I had this slogan of no taboos, nothing is off the table. Like let's talk about all the issues because I just culturally don't like when there's things that are like you can't go there. I think it's really unhealthy and unhelpful. Um, so just that's an aside. If remuneration is taboo, then that's, yeah, that's problematic to me. I would look at, okay, well, what's the last time my salary has been reviewed? 
So start there. If you've been doing a role where you feel like you're giving and giving and giving and not getting much back in return, have a look at, well, when was my last salary review? And use that as a conversation starter with your manager to say, hey, look, I'm interested in having a conversation around my pay and benefits. The last time we had this chat was never, if that was the case, or or the last time my salary was reviewed was last financial year. Is this something we can talk through? Because I feel like my role is expanding and maybe I'm not feeling like that's being like formally acknowledged or recognised. So starting to create the dialogue, knowing that it could be multiple conversations before you see an outcome, but looking at what's happened previously to inform how you then go into that conversation and also pushing back. If you feel like something's a taboo, push back on that in in a nice and respectful way. But um, yeah, I, I... I guess that's my thoughts. Yeah, I'm so curious. Like when, you know, Nathan's saying it's taboo, I'm like, oh, so what happens? Like if you do bring it up, what what does that look like? Is it just avoided? Is it shut down? Is it some sort of more forceful reaction? Like I'm just kind of curious about that. There's a couple of things going on for me here and not unusual for us to sort of share this, but it comes down also to Nathan, what your goals are at the moment. Now, absolutely, we want to find some sort of equilibrium between salary and workload. In my experience, though, there can be a non-financial return at the right time in your career for increased responsibility or for you to feel like there is maybe not the perfect equilibrium there. So if, for example, you are on a learning curve and a growth trajectory that means that this additional workload, so where your role and your responsibilities are increasing, is bringing you some learning opportunities, some stretch opportunities, some out of comfort zone opportunities that will pay you back in your career and you value that, then maybe for a period, it's okay to feel like, in inverted commas, you're not being paid for that because you're getting other benefits from it. I guess the other piece in here that's floating around for me to Shell's point is like you have to have the conversation about remuneration at some point. So if you are trying to do that and it's just absolutely not working, you know, I've got all these questions about, so how does this organisation deal with salary reviews and salary increases? But if you really have tried and there's just not alignment there, that's not going to work for you long-term and maybe it is time to look at a better culture fit. Alana has asked for help with her career goals. She said, my career is going so well, but I feel like I'm making it up as I go. And can career progress be too quick? Am I being overconfident or just confident? I've gone from 45K per annum to 140K a year in five years. Wow, amazing. I know. I'm like, what is this person doing? to make that a reality and I then start to go actually are you being humble like I I find it hard to believe that that would happen without some hard work and uh, you know some intent but maybe that's where for Alana there is a bit of a gap maybe she feels like this is just sort of come about without any planning and so then she's looking ahead going, where to from here? And how do I know I'm heading in the right direction? Because money's not everything, right? I love what you said there about is Alana being too humble because it's not luck that these things happen. It's 
a lot of hard work that you go from 45K in your salary to 140K in five years. That's awesome. And good decision making. Yeah. And so I wonder, um, like, let's just remind ourselves as we sort of get back up onto our chairs that we fell off, uh, you know, what is happening? What is the actual question here? So I love that you're calling out, Alana, that your career is going well because it sounds like it really is. But I also love that you're kind of not resting on your laurels and you're just checking, hang on how can I feel a little bit more in control of now where I'm heading? Because I've had amazing five years, but absolutely it sounds like you're working your butt off and making good decisions. So I think there's an element of keep doing what you're doing in this for me. What I would encourage you to do though is ensure that you're taking the time to reflect. You know, what is it? It's not magic. So what is it about the last five years that you have done that has led you down this path, whether it be particular, you know, study that you've done, particular decisions, particular conversations, someone who goes from 45 to 140, I reckon is owning their own career in some way and probably going and having conversations that maybe some of us are not having. So I think, Alana, you've got the answers more than we do about what has worked for you and how you can actually become quite self-aware through some reflection. One of the things when it comes to setting goals, especially when you're in a growth phase, like we've seen here with Alana, is going where the momentum goes. So setting your goals based around areas that you're already having momentum. And, and when you're in that steep growth trajectory, I would imagine there's been a number of role progressions that Alana has had. And so it's looking at when I've stepped into roles and maybe I've done it maybe ahead of what I felt like I had in terms of skills, I've stepped up and, and given it a go, find those themes of where the momentum is. What are the areas that you're especially good for, you're known for in your business or in your network and really capitalising on those and allowing your goals to kind of be informed by those areas of natural momentum. That is my encouragement. I said momentum about 80 times there, I think. That's the key word. (laughs) Well, there you go. And Alana, awesome. Don't, Don't think about it as like you've worked your butt off and love it. Yeah. And can career progress be too quick? I would say no, as long as you understand it and it fits with the rest of your life. There might be a time when you want to put the brakes on a little bit. So fine, because you might be dialing up some other part of your life. But for now, if that's working for you, I think you can sort of turn, put, put that part of your brain on mute. Good. That is awesome. Alrighty, Austin, it's your turn. Austin's question, uh, staying in a full-time work role like a trade or service job versus upskilling at university, be interesting to hear your thoughts, Shell and M. Mm, yeah, well, interestingly, we were having a conversation a while back with Alicia from Seek, um, who's the head of Customer Insights, and she mentioned that trade as an area is booming as an industry. We know that because construction has gone nuts. Um, so I guess it was me. I'm just thinking through that lens of there's a lot of opportunity in that area. I would be tempted to stay in trade and try and do some study on the side. So how do you, can you stay in working full-time and study part-time at night on the weekends? That can be really hard. So I don't know Austin's full situation. But for me, I would always love to be in an in a industry where there's a lot of growth. I think it's really important. And try and do that work 
as a little side project if it's possible in terms of study. And there's some really great success stories out there, Austin. I reckon you would know a few yourself where somebody has started as, say, carpentry trade, become a builder. And so got that really hands-on experience, understand how that world works. They then do that study on the side, as you've shared, Shell, could be a good idea, at university in, say, project management or construction management. And so their career is able to branch off in a, a sort of slightly different direction, a bit of a pivot, but still staying in a booming industry that they know and love and a little bit of best of both worlds. And a really good way to put your foot in the water with studies doing the grad cert. Yes. So I'm a big advocate for the one year dip your toe in the water see if you're into it especially if you haven't studied in a while when you go back after I think I went back to study after five years of nothing and I remember being like really overwhelmed by it but I started by doing I grad cert did that for a year got used to it and it was a slower pace and I really enjoyed that pathway through to doing a master's as opposed to um, just going all in and like cutting back to part-time work and then full-time study, I found, I find that can be a bit daunting. Yeah, totally. These questions are so good. When we come back, we're going to have a bunch more. So stick with us and we'll talk again soon. Hey, thanks for listening. We love learning how to do all things well, which is why we have a bunch of different podcasts on a variety of topics. So go and check out My Millennial Investor, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Money Medical, My Millennial Health, My Millennial Business, and My Millennial Money. Find these wherever you're listening to this podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Sheldon, Nicole's looking for some advice about dealing with new jobs and if you're not happy and it's a toxic workplace, you know, what do you do about should I move on? Should I wait it out? And what's really cool about this is that we are talking about like Nicole's in a new role. So she's rocked up. She's been through a recruitment process and then she's rocked up and just gone, what's this all about? What should she do, Shelley? I'm just, I'm like, oh, this one's tricky. You can have this one. <laughs> oh, it's so tricky. You've, you've taken the plunge. You've taken a risk and then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm in a new role and the workplace is toxic. Oh, I just, firstly, my empathy is just buzzing because I feel like this is a really, really tough situation. So, Nicole, I'm with you on that. It's hard. Um, what would I do? Staying in a toxic workplace, it depends on, on um, again, we always talk about this, but go back to your goals and your values. Is the job 
something that you really want to do? Is there room to move into a different department? Is that toxicity just in the department you're in or team you're in? And how soon could you get a move? Now, when you first start in a role, it's unlikely you're going to move for maybe 18 months, but have a think about those options. But for me, I think I might oversimplify this issue, but I've just like, if a culture's toxic and it's really ingrained, it's never, it's never going to work for me and I opt out. Yeah, but I think that's fair. I guess two little pieces uh, of perhaps advice, since that's what you've asked for, Nicole, that I would throw in the mix would be just do a double check for yourself that it's not not the kind of like, what would I call this, the, the learning curve of newness or the unfamiliarity that is actually clouding judgment. Now, toxic, you've used the word toxic and like that's not to be ignored, but I, I dare say there might be other situations that some of us go through from time to time where we just, we go from knowing a business inside out and feeling so comfortable and so used to what are the good, bad and other bits to, oh, this is all new and that in itself feels yeah, uncomfortable. It's a bit of a shock when yeah. you get into that new environment and you're like, oh, they do things really differently. So yeah, just do a double check and make sure you are spending enough time sort of sorting through that. And then the second piece of advice, go back and listen to, uh, you can have a bit of a flick through other My Millennial Career episodes, but in particular, we talk about should you stay or should you go? There's an episode in there with that in the title. There's also a toxic culture episode, and I think you'll get uh, a few little takeaways out of there. All right. Trish has asked, she wants to know more about her LinkedIn profile and why it's important. Oh, how long have you got, Trish? I'm like, pull up a chair (laughs) and we'll talk about this. I will simply say to answer your question that it is hugely important. It's hugely important for you, not just now, but as part of your insurance plan for the rest of your career. And uh, she'll, you know, dive in, but I feel like this is such a big beast that again, I want to send Trish to one of our previous episodes where you'll need to just flick back to our, you know, history a little while ago. I think it was probably 2020 or thereabouts, but we did actually do an episode with someone from LinkedIn and we talked a lot about how important your profile is, not just when you're searching for a new job, but in building your personal brand while you're happily employed. I don't think I can add anything to that. I think that was a really solid answer. Yeah. And As always, you always have solid answers. Oh, thanks, Shell. I'm just here for the free croissants and stuff that you bring over. <laughs> <laughs> look, you look after me pretty well too, so it's mutually beneficial. And uh, up next, you get to talk about uh, Kerry's question, which is how to politely decline a job. I'm sure you get job offers all the time and you're really used to this, right? <laughs> well... How to decline a job? I think politely, politely, yeah, nicely, yeah. Like, um, and thanks, but no thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look, it's. I think this is so important. I reckon Carrie believes what we believe, which is always leave the doors ajar behind you. Yeah, like you want to be able to go back at some point. And maybe not say, hey, can I actually have that job now, please? <laughs> maybe you do want to say that. But more importantly, you just never know when you might cross paths again through yes. your career or when that person might, that you've been dealing with and building a relationship with through an interview, pro- a recruitment process rather, when they might be somebody worth you reaching out to for some reason. And so I think this is a really important question and there's totally a way to go about it. Yeah, and I think it's just being mindful and we always talk about that. It's it's You always want to keep those bridges in place. You never know when you're going to need them. And so I think it's just being a 
kind human. <laughs> yeah. So, well, let's role play it a little bit, not proper role play, but let's just. I love a good out. role play. Oh, okay. Well, I could offer you okay, a job uh, and you can, can I? Do it? No, no. Can I offer you the job and you decline because I feel like you? Oh gosh, you'll be what did I just set myself up for? <laughs> okay, so Em, I'd love to give you this role as the new head of marketing. And it's a really good job. Oh, and you sound so excited. <laughs> I really I really want to work with you. Oh my gosh, Shelly. Okay, thank you. Look, it's been an amazing recruitment process and I had a feeling this was coming. As you know, I, I have been actively looking and I do have another offer on the table at the moment. You know, you knew that I, I was going through another interview process. We've talked about that. Um, if it's okay... I do have a lot to think about. Can I give you a call back tomorrow morning after I've slept on it just to be able to, you know, think it through and, th- and then give you my answer? Would that be okay? That's fine. Okay, bring, bring. It's the morning. It's the morning. It's the morning. We fast forwarded. Okay. We oh, hey, Em. Oh, hey, Shell. How are you? I'm great. How'd you go? What are you thinking? Oh, gosh. Well, I didn't get much sleep last night. Um, it, it has been a really difficult decision. I have decided to go with the other opportunity, um, but I'd love to be able to talk you through, you know, what I ha- what I am thinking and, and what my reasons are if you've got another five or ten minutes. Love it. I'd love that, and because <laughs> how's our role play form? Bring, bring. Oh, <laughs> Apologies for that. Um, but I think the important thing that you said there is giving feedback. So if you put yourself in the shoes of a candidate, you know when you apply for a job and you never hear back from that employer mm. and you're like, oh, that was really – or you go through a full-on interview process and then they reject you but they don't give you any feedback. It's like, oh, that's really painful. Like I've just invested all this time and energy into this and, and the employer didn't tell me anything about how I went or gave you no feedback. I love what you said there of I'd love to give you the reasons why. And I think that's recognising that this hiring manager or recruiter has invested a lot and that they want to, um, they really want you for the role, but you're, you've given the thought to what's the feedback as to why this isn't for me. And can I call out one other thing that I did really intentionally? Well, two other things actually I'm going to call out that I did really intentionally that I hope people picked up on, but maybe they didn't. Working backwards, one, the second one, so the first one you've just explained to their shell, the second one was giving yourself the time, regardless of how much you think you might have already made the decision, when you finally get that offer and maybe you have two offers on the table or maybe you just have one and you've had a change of heart or change of personal situation, yes, you can absolutely give yourself the time to go away and think about it overnight. Now, you want to make sure that you're giving a reasonable commitment as far as how much time you're going to think about it. If it falls on a Friday, totally reasonable to call them back on a Monday. If it falls on a Thursday, then I I would encourage you to try and call them back on the Friday to head into the weekend. And on top of that, I would encourage you where you can to to commit to calling in the morning so that they then have the full rest of that day, particularly if you are declining the offer as we are in this scenario, to do something about that, maybe to make an offer to the second preferred candidate. And to actually stick to that commitment. If you say you are going to call the next morning, you need to call the next morning. The third thing that I did really intentionally was I I kind of just had you guys assume, you know, you've been here for the full ride. And so when I was saying to Shell in that first phone call, Shell, 
you know that I have been considering other opportunities really actively. You know that I've been going through another recruitment process. What I was trying to demonstrate there was that through this imaginary recruitment process, I have been really transparent and upfront with all players. So no one gets a surprise. No one at the end offers me the job and then feels smacked in the face by, well, where the heck did that come from? I didn't know that you were talking to anyone else. So I would really encourage you as you do in your, as we encourage you to do in your employment relationship once you are in the job, also through the recruitment process, just be really upfront. You don't have to give all the gory details, but just a high level upfrontness is really respectful and makes it much easier to politely decline if needed at the end. Yeah, that's great, Em. The next question is from Vivienne. I'd love to ask how to politely and professionally confront gender and racial bias in an organisation. Mm. This makes me think straight away, again, sorry to be this guy today, but of a couple of other episodes that we have done, we recently released around the time of International Women's Day this year, an episode where we talked about uh, gender bias in particular in relation to pay. Uh, but we also, you know, broadened that conversation. And we've talked about uh, sexual harassment in the workplace where, you know, it, it, we we were able in those episodes to actually speak to, well, what if what do you do and how do you raise this if you've got concerns, either because you're experiencing it, you're seeing it experienced by someone else, or you just want to open up a healthy conversation. You've got no reason for concern, but you'd like to understand better where's the organisation's position and what initiatives do they have in place. We've also had a conversation uh, in an episode where we talked about cultural awareness and Aboriginal allyship and there is some amazing strategies in that episode. So this is such a big question that I guess I wanted to open with uh, those few flags to go back and have a listen where we actually give it what it deserves in, in being able to deep dive over the course of, you know, 30, 45 minutes The other thing I remember Sky on the sexual harassment episodes, she said this amazing thing that's really stuck with me, that when you see a form of bias or discrimination in the workplace, pause and then ask the person to say that again. (gasps) Yes, thank you for reminding me It was just this moment of you, you place, what happens when there's discrimination or bias or any of those things that in the workplace, it, it makes people feel really uncomfortable what we need to do is actually put the discomfort back on the person who said it we want them to feel uncomfortable with what they've just said because that's how we start to shift the dialogue and so making that it's uh, it's full on and I had a conversation with a uh, person who did this the other day uh, with some significant racial discrimination in their workplace and and they paused and they said excuse me can you just say that again I'm not sure if I'd heard you and the person immediately realised what they'd done and, and apologised. And I think that's part of the change dynamic. We need to hit it on the head and challenge it in the moment. And thank you, Vivian, for asking this question. Thank you for saying it in a way where you've you've asked for how do I politely and professionally confront because that's such a powerful collection of words. You know, confront is a very strong word and it's a very brave word, but it doesn't need to be an aggressive situation. And so to sort of preface that with politely and professionally, what you have just shared, Shell, and I'm, again, I'm so glad you've reminded me of this tactic it can be delivered in a way where your tone says, I'm not mucking around here, but I'm not also, I'm going to give you a second chance and I'm not going to judge you 
if you are, you know, if your response is, oh, crap, yeah, you're right, let me take that back, cool. Uh, Now, if the person doesn't respond in that way, obviously that's a whole other kettle of fish, but to at least call it out and give that person that second chance to go, oh, thank you, Vivian, I'm actually glad that you've made me realise what I just said. Okay, I think this is our last question from Kevin. Kevin has asked, how can I research more about a field that I want to get into? How do I know what I'd enjoy in terms of a career change? And is it worth taking a pay cut in order to get into the field that I want? Oh my gosh, so many people are feeling what you're feeling, Kevin, and are glad that you've asked this question. I was actually just yesterday doing some research myself on salaries and I was reminded how amazing Seek is for this sort of information. So when it comes to what's involved in particular job descriptions in regards to like the duties and responsibilities, what's required in regards to the qualifications, what are the what does pay look like in that industry? And there's even some stuff on that website around transferable skills. So that comes to mind immediately. The other hot tip I would give you is to go onto LinkedIn and actually search around and find people's profiles that look like they're in that field that you are thinking you want to get into and see what have they done? What does their career progression look like? Where did they start? Where have they maybe taken an interesting pivot? And what qualifications did they have? And they don't necessarily have to be people that are at the same stage of their career as you. They could be people that are 10, 20 years ahead of you in in that sort of time span and you will definitely learn, you know, where the sort of roadmap might be or what the themes are for people that are doing what you think you might want to do. I think as well to the question of how do I know I would enjoy a career change? It's hard to answer that. Sometimes you actually have to just do it to make it to change. And I think I've been thinking a lot lately about career risks. What are good career risks to take and what are bad risks? I think a bad risk is to stay in a job because you're you're like, well, better the devil I know than the devil I don't. And so take a good career risk in my mind is actually taking a go of something and learning if you like it or not on the job. And that can seem scary because, yeah, there might be a pay cut. And so there's all these things you have to consider and weigh up. But I keep coming back to, I don't know if we've shared this on the podcast before, but it's uh, Daniel Pink's book about regrets. And he talks about the biggest regrets we have are the regrets of inaction, not the regrets of the action we, we took. And so for you, Kevin, if you're weighing it up, know that sometimes taking action and learning on the fly is better than not doing anything. Hear, hear. Awesome. Well, that's it from us today. It's been awesome to dive into all these community questions. And if you want to join the Facebook community, search My Millennial Money and you'll find us. Join the group. We love to hear from you. And we just want to say, as always, thanks for hanging out. We love our community and we love hearing your career stories. So find us on LinkedIn. We love to connect. And I've said love about 80 times again. We'd also love, since you mentioned it, uh, a rate and review. Subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And in particular, we keep an eye on Apple. Awesome. All right. Thanks so much for hanging out. We'll talk soon. See you then. Bye. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. 
Hey, thanks for listening. We love learning how to do all things well, which is why we have a bunch of different podcasts on a variety of topics. So go and check out My Millennial Investor, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Money Medical, My Millennial Health, My Millennial Business, and My Millennial Money. Find these wherever you're listening to this podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.